Welcome back to the Boneyard Podcast. This is Jared Chaffet and Artemis Brower. We're coming to you this week with a special bonus episode for Memorial Day weekend. We're not going to be releasing an episode on Sunday night like we usually do. We're going to be dropping this episode um, probably on Thursday or Friday of the week prior to Memorial Day. That way all of you people can listen to it on your way to the beach, on your way to see family or do whatever you do. Um, put it on at the family barbecue while you're social distancing. But, yeah, that's what we're doing for y'all. Uh, Artie, you want to talk about who we got on? We got Worth Gregory on the show. Former, Love this interview. Former ECU kicker, former Alabama kicker. Um, this interview was very entertaining. Worth was, was a hell of a time. Definitely going to have Worth back on, on the show at some point. Um, so, yeah, guys, enjoy your Memorial Day weekend. Be safe. Have fun. And listen to this interview that we have with Worth Gregory. Yeah, you, this interview is probably the favorite interview that we've done, or at least that I've done, um, with any ECU player, coach, whatever. Um, I, I had a blast. Worth is an awesome person to talk to. I wish, guys, we, we talked to Worth for like 15 minutes, 20 minutes after the and interview. And that was the most entertaining part. <laughs> and like some of those stories that he was telling, we'll have to get him back on to – Retell some of those stories to talk about some of those Absolutely. things. Absolutely. Now that now that uh, players and former players are getting more comfortable, we're going to have that more often where we're able to really kind of get out of those comfort zones. But yeah, you're going to want to listen to the rest of this interview, this podcast. Um, it's going to be super quick, uh, probably about thirty to forty minutes. So uh, if you're driving to the beach, turn off the Jimmy Buffett, listen to the podcast, and let's go. All right. So without further ado, worth. Gregory. So our next guest, he uh, started his collegiate career at the University of Alabama, where he won a national championship in 2012, then transferred to ECU, where he played for three years. He's a three-time Ray Guy Award watch list um, nominee, and most recently was on the NC State coaching staff as a special teams quality control coach. Our guest today on the podcast is Worth Gregory. How's it going, Worth? It's going well, man. Thanks for having me on here today. Yeah, it's, the pleasure's all ours. We're, we're, we're super excited about this interview. Uh, I, I know that you, you had a fun career at ECU. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it was kind of a – you're in a downtime at times, but, I mean, you, you were able to um, kind of really mix it up and you, you were the – well, you were really a key piece on on that special teams unit that I mean was was so good for for those few years. Um, so just kind of want to check to see how everything's going with you now. How where are you at now? Yeah, so right now my lease actually from my apartment ended like three weeks ago. Mm, okay, and so which is like which is nuts to think about because like they were gonna just like kick me out after that because I was like give me a couple more months or whatever, like with all this coronavirus going on, I'm not going to be able to find a new apartment. Because right. You think they give you a break? <laughs> that's what I thought too, man. Cause they're, I, look, I looked at other apartments and stuff and like, I couldn't even find one where they were like giving tours and stuff. So I was like, whatever. I just moved all my stuff into a storage unit. And now I'm just hanging out with my parents right now. Cause I'm working from my computer. So as much as it's kind of weird being at home at this age, it's kind of a blessing to have a, uh, at this time, just working on my computer and on my phone anyways. I might as well save some money. Yeah, d- awesome. definitely. And, and you're, uh, you're in Fort Mill, is that correct? Is that 
where home so, is. So yeah, I grew up in I grew up in Fort Mill. My parents live uh, right outside Winston Salem right now. Uh, oh wow, it's a little place okay. called Kern. Yeah, uh, Kernersville right now. Yeah, we're we're <laughs> actually we're actually in Greensboro. We should mm-hmm. we should have just had this thing in. in oh Greensboro. shoot! Right. Yeah, I could have just drove over. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm, I'm like I'm right near uh like Jayhawk went to high school like right over here. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I actually uh I'm I'm from Lexington, so I went to high school. Okay. I went to high school with Bryce Williams. And, oh yeah, Lexington, uh, Austin Teague is from over there too. Yeah, yeah, uh, West Davidson. He went to. And, okay, yeah, uh, that's I, where. I, uh, I know Austin got, a little bit. Is uh is that where, were you there when Chris Dunn was over there? Uh, he was he was on the. Because he, he graduated high school what 2017, 2018? Oh, gotcha. Yeah. He's so so he he was a little bit behind me. I graduated twenty thirteen from high school. So great kicker, man. Yeah, he he is. Um, I hate I hated watching him go go to the puppies over in Raleigh, but that, that, that's neither here nor there. But um, but yeah, he, I, I know uh, we we also had another guy in in high school kind of going off the rails here. But uh, Spencer Lamfrey went on to okay. I think he went on to kick at uh, Chapel Hill for a little bit. Oh wow! So um, yeah, that I mean that program has been putting out some some good kickers. Um, recently, but um, I, I want to first start off kind of going back into your college career and uh, maybe even a little bit before you started going to Alabama. What what was the recruiting process like as a punter, as a kicker on the special teams? What, what was that like in high school? So for high school punters and kickers, it's kind of it's kind of weird. I mean, so I played receiver and safety in high school, mm-hmm. and then my junior year, we just we just didn't have a punter, so. Um, I was kind of just like I punted a ball like 40 yards and like was basically named the punter like on the spot. <laughs> didn't have to do like anything else. So it was pretty easy to win the starting job at that. But um, for punting and kicking, it's kind of interesting. Like you find a kicking coach, you find a guy that like helps you out like constantly like I do in Raleigh right now. But um, there was a kicking coach I had in Charlotte named Dan Orner um, who was there at that time. He kind of just like helped me out and learn. Uh, learn more about punting and kicking. So, the, for recruiting in that area, you got to have a kicking coach number one, and then you got to find like these showcase camps. Um, you go and compete at these camps; they rank you nationally. Um, it's kind of like you see the QB stuff is similar to like the top twelve and all that. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, so you weren't somebody that always wanted to be a kicker. Then you kind of like fell into that position. Yeah, I kind of fell into it. I mean, most of the guys are like soccer players that fall into being a kicker, but I was mm-hmm. kind of. I was kind of, uh, at least I would like to think I was an athlete. I played some other position <laughs> um, and played some basketball and just found punting just to kind of be a fun thing that I like doing, and I got obsessed with it. Yeah, and when you when you were in college, and more specifically your time at ECU, was there ever a time where you were t- talking to the coaches being like, hey, you know, I, I was a skilled position player in high school a little bit, can we uh can we run some plays where where I'm getting the ball? <laughs> I wish, dude, man. Our our special teams coordinator, uh, Kirk Dahl, was amazing, but definitely not a dude that was all about running <laughs> fakes. I mean, we ran a we I haven't seen ECU run a fake punt in like honestly, I can't remember the last time I, I, I did can't it. Either. No. It's gotta be more than the last time I, the last punter to score a touchdown, I think, was Ryan Doherty. He did yeah. like the he did a little sneak up the middle as the holder, but I haven't seen a specialist score a touchdown at ECU in like ten years, so I wish. But yeah, I was always in their ear doing that. I mean, I did a bunch of different stuff. I used to run down on scout kickoff because I had nothing else to do. So, <laughs> um, so 
at, so when you decide to go to Alabama mm-hmm. and, and you finally get down to Tuscaloosa, you, you're a preferred walk-on, correct? And correct. And you you start playing, and you're you're playing on a team coached by Nick Saban. You must you must have even as a preferred walk-on, you must have been able to interact with him. Some what what was working with him, playing under him? What what was that like? It's kind of different. I mean, when I first got there, it was my only experience as a college athlete, obviously. So uh, it was kind of skewed at the beginning. But I kind of viewed college different college sports a lot differently when I first got to Alabama because um, he wasn't. It's not that he's not like a, a head coach that like cares about his players, but more so you don't see him as much as you would think you'd see a head coach, you know. He shows up right at the end of stretch at, at practice. Um, coaches for practice, they, he talks at the end and then leave, he like kind of walks off and he has like a personal bodyguard basically. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, he's like his personal chauffeur. He like drives him to, he drives him to work every morning, everything picks him up. So like as much as it feels like your college football team, like he's the CEO of a company and like he kind of like runs that school, you know. And he's an amazing coach, knows a crazy amount, but I wouldn't say he's like best friends with all his players. You know, it's mm-hmm. kind of it's a different type of thing. I mean, obviously it works for them. Like he's they crush it. I mean, that's they're an NFL team in college. So it's it was just night and day whenever I got to ECU because Ruffin McNeil is exactly how I envisioned college uh, college sports to be. Um, kind of a head coach that was really close with you and cared about you and knew everything about you, you know. It's, it was kind of night and day difference. I and mean, it, it's not a knock on either one of the programs. It's just that's kind of how it works for them. Yeah, and that, that kind of leads into my next question. I was really curious as to see, like, what's the difference between the two programs? Now, obviously, Alabama's is juggernaut. Um, but, like, what, what is it that separates an Alabama and an ECU? Does it, you know, does it feel more like home at ECU or does it feel like more like a business at Alabama or vice versa? Um, that, that was kind of my next question for you. Yeah, as a as – a, player definitely it's it's a business business aspect I mean all of college football is obviously yeah but um a school like ECU needs to really focus their recruiting efforts and their team on being a family atmosphere and kind of having that chip on their shoulder you know like you need to have that at a school like ECU to be able to be successful but that's that's definitely the biggest difference as a uh, as an athlete that you see yeah and um kind of, kind of talk since we're on the subject of of coaching and and on the subject of college sports, I mean, you you talk a little bit about it, but what was what was the process of becoming a coach? You went to Utah State mm-hmm. uh, and you were on the special teams um, coaching staff, and then you come over and go to that school in Raleigh, <laughs> and uh, so so what what kind of influenced your decision to get into coaching rather than yeah, keeping your so. Career? Um, I kind of start, started a career just in sales and in marketing, and I kind of figured out in the first, like, 10 days that sitting behind a desk was not something <laughs> that I was meant yeah. to do. Um, <laughs> yep. I was so used to playing football. I had just kind of bounced around some NFL teams. And I just did not – sitting behind a desk was not something that I wanted to do. Um, applied to a bunch – I sent an email out to every, every special teams coordinator in the nation and told them I'd basically work for free. Um, and then I randomly saw a job posting for a JUCO in Iowa. Um, applied to that uh, four or five minutes later, got hired, and he asked me if I can drive to Iowa in like six hours. <laughs> so I got in my car the next day, drove 18 hours to Iowa. Wow. Uh, I was a special teams coordinator, uh, assistant head strength coach, head video coordinator, 
Wow. Slept in the dorms. Um, I did that for like 12 days. Um, and on day 12, I got an email back from Utah State. Um, and they ended up offering me a job after like a short interview, but then drove all the way to Utah and coached there. So it was really kind of on a whim. But That's crazy. Crazy experience. Like I, like, I can't believe that I even lived in Utah for a year. Like, it blows my mind to even think about it, that I, that I actually did that. But I'll remember that for the rest of my life. But, I mean, that's, that's kind of how it is, right? I mean, you, 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 you see something you want, you take a chance, and you, and you just go for it. You know, that's kind of how life works sometimes. For real, those are the best stories, too. Like, you right. never know what's going to happen. I mean, granted, I made, like, I was making, like, 800 bucks a month. So I couldn't even – I could barely pay rent. Like you're not doing it, <laughs> and you're and you're sleeping like an hour a night. Like it's nuts. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah. learn more in that year about myself than I ever have. Right. Yeah, it, that's definitely a grind. Um, now going into kind of looking further back in back into your college career, you, I mean, you were kind of one of those guys. I mean, a lot of times kickers and punters they they've got a different personality. They got a different mentality and. Um, the ECU special teams group had, I mean, they had a real personality, especially during your time time there. I mean, the ECU specialist Twitter account kind of popped off during yeah. that time. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> well, what was it like, kind of in in that in that special teams room in the locker room and being with those guys? Well, we, I mean, me and Davis kind of saw it when we first got to college. I guess it's com- coming from the schools that we were at, um, Alabama and Texas A&M, we kind of saw the specialist group as a fraternity. So when we got to mm-hmm. ECU, um, we had the one year we had Trenton and Warren, and they kind of had – and obviously Charlie Coggins was here for – he was there for a little bit longer with us. But um, they kind of had their own, like, set, like, things they wanted to do because every specialist is, like – they have, like, these set, like, rules inside the group. Like um, – on game day, like, you have to do this. Like, we have to sit in this seat every game day. Like, it's bad luck. You have that type of stuff. <laughs> but, yeah, those type of things. But we were kind of biding our time till it was our time to be part of the unit because we, we kind of, like, ran it like a fraternity. So, um, our whole specialist unit, like, we had, like, set things that guys had to do in the unit, like, freshmen. You know, like, we had, we had a group. We always hung out every single weekend. Like, we had mandatory meetings Fridays and Saturday nights. Awesome. Where like everyone had to be together, like you weren't just gonna like branch off and go to mm-hmm. different pregames and stuff. Like every specialist was at our house, like hanging out before they went out. You know, like we made it so everyone had to hang out nonstop so that we could be as tight as possible. And that that has to make you play better. You know, when you have that camaraderie and that and that Absolutely. brotherhood. You know, it's not just individual. You know, you have a, a greater purpose, a greater bond. So I definitely understand that. Yeah. No, um, absolutely. You have to like. For I mean, even in like business setting or like trust with someone, like you don't really know someone unless you start drinking with them. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Me, me and our, I'm not gonna and, I'm not gonna trust you holding my football in front of a hundred thousand if I've never yeah. even got drunk with you before. Yeah, I agree that wholeheartedly. <laughs> me, me, me and Artie are actually pledge brothers, and you you were you were in a fraternity at Alabama, weren't you? Yeah, I was in I was in Kappa Sig at Alabama, okay. and then when I got to ECU. I went to some stuff. We got they got kicked off for some random thing or something like yeah, after like we two won't months. Get into that. <laughs> <laughs> that 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 was that was a little bit sketchy. Uh, I've heard I've heard the rumors, but they're definitely not true. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I know the re- I know the real story, but okay, yeah. But I mean, no, knowing the trust between in, in our fraternity, but also knowing that you have to trust your teammates. That's right. I mean, especially when, like you said, 
I mean, you were a holder. I mean, for 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 the kicker. I mean, you he's got to be able to trust you. He's got y'all got to be right in sync. Um, so so that that's great. And he's absolutely right. You got you got to like each other. You know, yeah. if you're gonna play well together, you actually got to like each other. So. Yeah, I saw that at Alabama. I had a few teammates at Alabama that just absolutely hate each other, like getting in fistfights at practice, like specialists that had to deal with each other on game day. So, like, I saw that and was like, we're never going to be like that whenever I get to kind of help run the room because it just creates so much tension on and off the field. And it's hard to trust someone when you know when you know that. So what, what led into the decision to actually transfer? I know you were a preferred walk-on. But what was what led into the decision to transfer into ECU rather than staying at Alabama for the rest? I of just school? couldn't. I just couldn't financially afford it anymore. Like I looked, started I looking know. at how high my student loans were, and I knew that I was going to be paying it off the rest of my life. So yeah. that's kind of what pushed me out. Yeah, that and that that's unfortunate, especially. I mean, from a, I mean, some people don't don't look at it as an integral part of a team or especially from the financial aspect. But, I mean, you're, you're a punter. I mean, you look at it. If you're getting pinned down in, in your 10-yard line and then you have to try to punt out to the – at oh, least to oh, the 50 or 40. Like. Special teams is, is very, 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 very important. Bill, Bill Belichick will argue that all day long. He's won a lot of Super Bowls on special teams. So – no question, dude. Absolutely. I mean, it's just – that was kind of the situation. They ended up going and offering another punter uh, – in high school and I just I knew at Alabama if you offer a scholarship to a punter like you're playing him no matter what I knew I wasn't mm-hmm. really going to get a, a real shot once they offered him yeah and then so looking at ECU your time at ECU what is maybe the most memorable moment from a football standpoint that you had it when you were in Greenville um from a football standpoint like I'm trying to think. Really, I mean, being able to put 70 on UNC was amazing. Uh, yeah, that, was insane. Yep. Yep. that win at uh, Virginia Tech, like my sophomore year was amazing when we had, I mean, that that was the dream year. I mean, that was the year we should have won freaking 10 games. Um, yeah, that, you got that, Shane Harden, Justin Hardy, like yeah, rough Lincoln. Like that was the year that all the stars should have lined and we should have won a lot more games. Um just ran into Crazy. some bad luck down the stretch. Right. I mean, some bad luck with season. injuries and stuff. Yeah. Well, it was – I mean, shoot, even the receivers we had. You forget we had a dude like – like everyone forgets about how good Cam Worthy was. Like this dude was a yeah. hoss. Um, yeah, a really underappreciated Dude, yeah. I mean, player. think of – we had Justin Hardy, Cam Worthy. Uh, that's what Zay had just started out. Like that was, was – what, freshman that year? Yeah, uh, freshman or sophomore. 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 That was 2014. Okay. Sophomore, year. sophomore year. I think he had a touchdown that game, uh, a little roll or sprint out right to the right. Um, but yeah, dude, that receiving core, like even that O line was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, some great leadership. Our linebackers were nuts. So it's it's crazy that everything, I mean, it was just a, one of those years that just didn't happen how it was supposed to. But um, that sophomore year, a lot of memories because obviously we were able to win and. Most of, I mean, my favorite memories of ECU mostly are off the field from football, though. So, <laughs> okay, so we can we can talk a little bit about those. We're we're a we're a fun podcast here um, on the Bunyard <laughs> podcast. Oh, uh, when after the after the twenty fourteen game, what was what what did Worth Gregory and the rest of the specialists what did they do to celebrate? Which game? You talking about the UNC game? <laughs> yeah, 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 dude. So the UNC game sucked for me because. Um, I had a punt from the back of the end zone 
and I was punting to – so we're freaking out all week because we're playing Ryan Switzer. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And he had, like – at the time, he had, like, eight punt returns for touchdowns or something. Yeah, he ridiculous. was, like, the best return in the country. Yeah, so we're playing him. I've already had three punts against him. Like, we've done a really good job of pinning him. Um, I have one punt in the back of the end zone. I punted out to him, and I immediately knew I punted it the wrong way. So I sprint the opposite way because I know he's going to try to, like, loop around and score. Mm-hmm. And I push him out of bounds. I just dive and push him out of bounds. But I dove, like, <laughs> at, like, his shoulder. So, like, my head hits his shoulder and then just goes all the way to the ground. And if you slow-mo it on, like, TV, you can see my head just, like, smash against the <laughs> ground. Just the only punter in ECU history to get a concussion and just do nothing. So, <laughs> I knew it I knew it immediately, too, because, like, my head hurt the whole night after the game. Like, of course, like, after every single game, there's always, like, a big get-together at Shane's house or, like, some uh, some player's house. And I had, like, a sip of a beer and, like, couldn't even stand up straight. I was like, I definitely have a concussion. I like, knew it immediately. <laughs> All yeah. from just pushing a dude out of bounds. So, UNC game was not it for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so you, you, you say – I mean, y'all were hanging out all the time. It, it seemed like back in those days that the, that the team was more of a tight-knit group. And, I mean, maybe it's that we're a little bit – further removed from right we might just be out of but you know the loop that those teams I mean I remember going out to the bars going out to PVs going out to uh that bar I can't remember they've changed the name so many damn times I know you're talking about but, that I forget the name but of. seeing but they really hung out together I mean, they, they, they really yeah, went yeah. out together like seeing seeing at rafters rafters mm-hmm. is the one seeing everybody there I mean seeing all the guys there um well, it was kind of different because at the time, there was kind of like right beside uh, that Harris Teeter, um, that street that I think they've torn down now. Like, what is it now? Like, what do they even uh, have over there now? Would, they used to have the Jolly Roger or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So right near there, you, like you have the – you have Shane Carden's house. Right beside it is the swimming house where all the swimmers live. Right, yeah. And then you have – there was one other house, but it was a massive backyard, and that was like the first stop on the tour to Greenville too, like – it was a place where, like, every weekend there's, like, 500 athletes hanging out at once. Wow. And, like, that creates so much, like – like, at Alabama, you don't see that. Like, I've, n- I've never seen Alabama more than 10 players hanging out at once. Like, wow. that's not normal. It, even and when I got players? to ECU – yeah, dude. And even at ECU day one, day one, uh, JT Boyd, because I played <laughs> high school ball with him, or he was my rival – he like picked me and Davis up and made me go to the house and there was the entire team there. And it wasn't like an initiation. It was like an intro to the team. Like you have to mm-hmm. introduce yourself to everyone. Like it was a huge thing. Like I, it was nothing. I mean, it was, that was the day I knew I made like the best decision of my life. Was Cause it was a true college experience. I mean, that's, that's what it sounds like to me. It sounds like at Alabama just so robotic and, and at ECU kind of got that true college experience that you were, yep. that you were looking for. Yeah, because I mean Alabama. I mean, I'm sure at some points, like the team hung out together, but like it wasn't. It wasn't like I'd ever seen at ECU. Mm-hmm. You, you probably had your your guys that were being shown talking about Heisman finalists. They were hanging out together, dude. Like, yeah, I mean, if you're if you have that many big time guys, like it's kind of hard to get them like all best friends hanging out nonstop. I mean, there's so much to do at Alabama too. I mean, there's like 45 fraternities. Like it's mm-hmm. it's nuts. Like there's no way you're getting everyone together. Yeah, definitely. And um, so, also, also, since we're on the subject, I mean, you're, what, what was your bar to go to when, when you're in Greenville? 
was your oh pbs no question PBs, yeah. dude so pb pb is my freshman and sophomore year when they played the good music was like the best place of all time oh yeah i'd have to agree with you 2013 and then like my senior PBs, year, they yeah. switched it up and they changed all the music like they, they were playing like justin bieber one time when i walked in like i wasn't <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah i was we, not a big still life dude not about it no no so are you are you more into country is that is that what i'm getting or uh dude summer hits the 90s was like our go-to for all of college Okay. That's that's like the music it. we listen to, but yeah, I mean, I like country. I went to Alabama, and my my roommate <laughs> Alabama was a massive dude from Prattville, Alabama, and that, and that was my first experience with country music. So, I'm about it. Yeah, we we spent many nights at PBs, and, mm-hmm. and many that we won't remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was lucky. I was dating someone at the time that worked at PBs, so we were we we're hanging out there till like 3 a.m. Like it was unneeded, but. What a great experience, dude. Yeah, and so kind of thinking back, your your time coming coming to ECU, you play – I mean, you, you were playing at Alabama. You were at Alabama. You were seeing the – I don't even know how many people can fit into Brand Denny, but no, – It's got to be like, what, 105, I think? It, it's <laughs> close to it. But coming, coming to a little bit of a smaller school, and I say smaller with – in the intention of saying, okay, it's smaller than Alabama, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What What was it like, kind of running out through the through the Pirate Skull and seeing the fifty thousand in in Greenville? I doubt he Dude, ECU and you know, we're winning games is like a hundred percent top ten in the nation. Like Alabama's fans are, they're so used to winning. I don't think they're as rowdy as people think. Like they're loud, but I legitimately but it's, it's thought of the sheer numbers is why they're loud. Yeah, but, like, at ECU, like, I legitimately think our sophomore year and we were winning games and everyone was hyped about the program, like, we were we were much louder than Virginia Tech. I thought Virginia Tech was quiet when we played through my sophomore year. Wow. Yeah. Like, I didn't think it was loud at all. I didn't even think the intro was that cool, though, either. And like, they're considered one of the, you know, the, the scariest places to go. Yeah, yeah I don't think it is at all. I think the hardest place we played at was Florida. Yeah, I, I, could, okay. I, could, I could see that. <laughs> yeah. Florida was wild. Going into yeah. the swamp. Now, see, we already and I we went down to uh, the game in Columbia, mm-hmm. oh, South, South Carolina. Carolina. Uh, uh, that that was a rough game. That we, which one? The, the, <laughs> we should have won both of them. That the was uh, Scotty Montgomery's first year. Yeah, that, that was the pick in the end zone. Yeah, the yeah we should have won that game. Yes, we should have. We it, we've talked about it a couple times on the podcast. Every time we went out that night, I mean, we already and I were still wearing our ECU gear and. Everybody came up to us in the bars and was like, "Y'all should have beat us." Yeah, like y'all had us. Like y'all should have beat us. And I mean, I, I will say, like I've been, I've been there. I've been to NC State. I've been to a game at Carolina. I haven't been to like some of the bigger SEC schools, but I will say, like South Carolina for an SEC school that I thought was like supposed to be crazy. They had that. Mm-hmm. Uh, what what do they they play some song? Sandstorm. Yeah, they play Sandstorm mm-hmm. when the team comes. When they out. kick I mean, off, it's yeah. nuts. Yeah, but like we were sitting there, and I was, I kept. Looking Which you know, it was it was a nice environment, but it didn't feel like a true SEC no, like not juggernaut. At not you know? at all. It does when they're playing well, though. When they're good, I can see that. Right. Like when they beat Alabama back in like 2011, I've heard stories of like it being like the craziest game of all time. Like the no, it's that like I don't know. I think it really depends on how good the team is, how much it's bumping. Like. I bet there's people that think ECU isn't loud or rough at all if they played us last year. 
Yeah, right. be honest. Exactly, and I and I agree with yeah. that because I, I mean South Carolina was on a down year when we played them, so and the stadium was not full when we were there either. So, yeah, but, but yeah, I mean that those, those experiences kind of. It's. I'm glad that you can kind of shed some light that, mm-hmm. I mean, on the differences of, of the two programs. Um, no, and and ECU can easily get back to it. You just gotta gotta keep trucking on and winning games. Like this is the year, you know. This upcoming year's got to be a big year. Yeah, and we we just got we just got a transfer from Alabama. Graduate I saw transfer. that. Um, what would what would you what what would you kind of if you had to give him any any uh, tips on transferring and coming into Greenville from Tuscaloosa? I mean, his path to Greenville was a little bit different, but what what would you if you were if you were able to talk to him? What, what would you tell him? I think adding the dude from that atmosphere is going to be massive for them. Like he's going to have the those dudes have that mindset that I mean, even me and Davis had when we first got to ECU, we didn't understand what losing was like legitimately, like because we were so used to it. Like at Alabama, we had never like we lost the one game to actually to Texas A&M, but like we weren't used to like showing up on a Monday having to deal with what a loss was. Right. Even after my sophomore year at ECU, like when we were losing my junior year, like we didn't understand what losing was. Like it was just not, we weren't built for it. It was weird. Like, we were so, mentality. Yeah, absolutely. So that's what they're getting in that kid. So whether or not he's an absolute stud or something like, obviously there's gotta be reasons behind transferring, but that's a, that's a huge ad for them, especially as he's a DB, right? Yeah, he's a cornerback. Uh, that's he's, huge he's gra- for them. He's a graduate transfer too. So, yeah. Um, so that's that's going to be huge for him. I mean, obviously he's going in there expecting he's going to play a lot, and that's going to be his main focus. But biggest advice for him is don't act like you're kind of too big for the stage because mm-hmm. after four years at Alabama, it's going to give you some type of mindset of what you deserve. And he, I mean, he pro- how many rings does he have? Probably like twelve. Yeah, you know, he's got a bunch. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, like, he's got a bunch. Yeah, so like, don't wear those out at ECU. Like, you got to create your own legacy yeah. there. You know? Well, yeah, you, you gotta you gotta create a legacy there. You gotta be. It, it's a small town feel, and mm-hmm. if you can connect with the community at ECU, if you can connect with um, the fans, the students, the alumni, then they're gonna love you forever. I mean, yeah, they'll love you forever if you're all in on it, you know. Like if you're, if you're still like wearing your rings and like posting pictures of like Throwback Thursday of you in Alabama jersey, like they won't be about you. Right. But if you're all about it, posting constant pictures of of ECU and stuff, you know, like social media is king now. Amen to that. Well, worth uh, just wanted to ask you one last question. We have one question that we ask all of our guests on the podcast. Hardest question we're gonna ask you all day. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if you've listened to any of our previous episodes, but if you have, you know what question's coming. But uh, the question is, what is your sup dogs order? So you're at sup dogs, you leave PBs, you go to sup dogs, it's three o'clock in the morning. I was about to say, the bar's just closed. (laughs) Fish drunk. Place is packed. (laughs) You you walk up to the bar, you kind of push a little freshman out of the way, you say, all right, what... (laughs) What's your order? What's your order worth? Definitely, you definitely got to double the dog and get. Oh yeah, that's what everybody's um, answer. Double the dog. Hell yeah, <laughs> double the dog, and you have to get. I like the cool down one with the. Where it has like the sour cream on it. The thing's bomb. Okay. Um, what's the other one? The smokehouse one's really good. We have the bacon on top mm, of it. Yeah, okay, yeah that I one. Agree with that one. 
And then the fries, man, no question. Like, I'm not a huge fan of Cheesy Tots. Don't know why. Yeah. Not about them for some reason. That. But, I mean, I'm not going to turn them down if someone gives them to me. But And then I'm probably going to finesse my way at 3 a.m. trying to order a beer but get turned down. <laughs> <laughs> well, once again, Worth, uh, we, we wanted to thank you for, for hopping on the podcast. Uh, Absolutely. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. We'll, we'll have to. We'll have to get you back on. I know we were talking about having you and Davis on at the same time. So Which, yeah, that would have been a fun interview too. <laughs> we'll, we'll, have, we'll have to make that work. I know that with scheduling, it's a little tough right now, but um, we'll definitely work something out and we'll have to have you back on. How's that sound? Absolutely, man. If you tell, if you tell Davis that he can do it on the golf course, he's all in. <laughs> maybe, <he'll... laughs> maybe, maybe that's what we need to do. Maybe we need to already not play golf together. Yeah. We, maybe the four of us just need to. Dude. He'd be about it, man. Just that's what you need to do. Just do that, and then we'll film the whole thing in the golf court from hole to hole. <laughs> that that, sound, that, that sounds good. I, I, it would get really iffy by hole like fifteen, but it'd be hilarious. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, we'll, we'll we'll work something out. We'll we'll, we'll have to make that happen. All right, I'm up for it. All right, Worth. Thank you so much again. Appreciate your time, Absolutely, man. Stay safe, Worth. Right. Absolutely, you too. All right, see you, man. All right, peace. So yeah, I uh, I love that interview with Worth Gregory. Um, I hope y'all did too. Um, really great interview, just fun guy to talk to. I, I know we've talked about that over and over over the past couple of weeks that we had a great time talking to him. But I don't, I don't think it can be said. I don't think it can be said enough. He he was a fun guy to talk to, Artie. Um, what what did you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I thought the interview was great. Um, real funny guy to talk to. You know, like we said, those those. 15 minutes or so that we talked after the actual interview were, were also <laughs> hilarious and we definitely are going to have worth on again um but get on twitter people and ask us some questions we want to uh answer these questions for you guys we'll be on the beach like you know jared said uh for, for memorial day weekend we'll probably be a little intoxicated and so yep. those answers will probably be a little funny but they'll probably be true so uh you, you want the hard-hitting truth from the boneyard podcast yeah. Make sure you watch <laughs> on Saturday. We're going to go live on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, whatever. Make sure to, we'll send out a notification when we're going to do it. We'll probably go on live for about yep. 20 to 30 minutes. You're going to want to watch. Hide your kids. Hide your wife. Get on Twitter. Ask us some questions. Have some fun with us as we drink and talk sports on on Saturday. So make sure you're doing that. We'll, we'll, be, uh, we'll probably have some music going in the background and – Drinks flowing and uh, yeah, let, just just make sure you follow. Send us send us some questions and uh, turn all your tweet notifications on because you're gonna want to see this. This is gonna be, <laughs> this is gonna be content you've never seen before. All right, but until then, Power Nation, we out. Yep, have a fun and safe uh, Memorial Day. We'll see you Saturday. All right, bye, y'all.